welcome to Locked On Nuggets. I'm your host, Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day, even though I'm sure you're mad and sad and not very <laughs> glad after the Lakers' 114-108 victory over the Denver Nuggets to take a 3-1 lead. Obligatory joke in the Western Conference Finals. We will talk today about all sorts of things from Game 4, including, oh yes, we will discuss the officiating. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, we'll discuss the things that actually decided the game. And I will do so with one TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. TJ, how are you now? I'm very happy there, happy there is coffee very, very close to me because there is a lot to break down from this one, man. Like I, My brain is still rushing and I'm still trying to get through a lot of it. Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, I'm opening. I opened a Red Bull. Do not tell my wife. Do not tell. My <laughs> it's wife. Western Conference Finals, and we're past the point of caffeine levels. Like we can throw out the rule book when it comes to caffeine tolerance and levels when it comes to a pandemic and the Western Conference Finals. I'm here for. I'm drinking coffee. So cheers to being up till three a.m. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by sportsbetting.com. New players get a welcome bonus of 100 risk-free week of sports betting, which is great when you're betting on Jeff Driscoll, up to $500. Visit sportsbetting.com backslash locked on nuggets today. All right, TJ, let's start here. Let's go ahead and, and, and rank how they lost this game, and we'll go ahead and we'll put the second chance points, 25 second chance points at number one. Do you agree with me on that? Uh, unquestionable 100 percent, right there at the top okay so 25 second chance points uh is the number one reason why they lost this game dwight howard had six offensive rebounds all by his lonesome what is the number two reason that they lost this game i'm going to say nikola Jokic. they had enough to overcome the officiating they did i am going to be the very first one to jump in and say how inconsistent this officiating has been this series and i'm not going to say it's it has been biased because of the overall outcome but i don't think it's intentionally biased it's been the randomness of the whistle that has drove me crazy but nikola Jokic was just not enough tonight i was going back and watching through the offensive rebounds that the, that the lakers had and he just wasn't putting his body into dwight howard like there were those small micro decisions that True Hoop wrote about that kind of lead into momentum, and Nikola Jokic lost all of the micro decisions in this game. I thought that he absolutely did not bring it, and if they would have gotten just a C-plus Nikola Jokic game, they likely win tonight. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you on, not Adam, so that I don't have to hear about <laughs> like, Well, actually, you know, and if we talk about the art, and really it was Malone's decision to play... No, like I, Joker wasn't good tonight. Like he wasn't, he wasn't good. good. He got in foul trouble. The fouls are mostly nonsense. It's ridiculous that Dwight Howard is getting superstar calls on Nikola Jokic in 2020. 100. percent I said at the beginning of the series this is how it was going to go, but Jokic did not put a body on him. But Jokic didn't play tough. Jokic didn't. He didn't shoot enough. He wasn't effective. He wasn't himself. Um, like there was a sequence where Murray ran pick and pop. I think it was third quarter. They ran pick and pop. Um, or pick and roll like Jokic is rolling and he wasn't expecting yes. the pass from Jamal like he was so that? willing like to let Jamal just take it he was like yeah. here please shoot let me just take all of the attention for yourself he did not want any part of that in this game like that is the perfect emblematic moment of Nikola Jokic in game four now I will say on Twitter I saw you say that this was the worst playoff performance that you've seen from him like TJ did someone just erase Utah game three from your mind? Did somebody like use the, the men in black thing? Like 
let's be real clear. I thought he wasn't good in this game. I thought he wasn't good enough. I thought he was, by his standards, bad. He wasn't, oh my God, maybe they need to not have this guy as the best player on the team bad. Okay, I got, I got a real argument for this one. In that what? game three, I do. In, this, in that game three Utah adventure, whatever debacle you want to frame that as, it was a disaster. On all, I wrote that they were frauds afterwards. Like, I went to that. <laughs> I, I was done. But everybody, every single player played at that level. It wasn't just Nicola. In this one, Nicola was the unique factor that did not bring it, that allowed them to lose this game. When you influence a loss on that level just because you didn't bring it in a Western Conference Finals game, I'm going to put it in a you know more rarefied air of terrible playoff appearances than I am in terms of just everybody playing like garbage. I'm so excited that Adam's not here so I can say all the things that <laughs> I'm I just never the antithesis of Adam for you. I just get to come in here and bring just, the whole different side of it. There's just certain things that I can cross off the list of being able to talk about because it, like, it will just get heated. Like They had a 124.6 offensive rating with Jokic on the floor tonight. 124.6. If you have a 124.6 offensive rating versus the number one defense remaining in the playoffs and a top three defense in the league overall in the Los Angeles Lakers, you should win the basketball game. Yes. But let me put on my Matt Moore hat real quick. Nikola Jokic shared the floor with Jamal Murray almost the entire time for those minutes. So his nuclear inferno got to percolate into Nikola Jokic's statistics in a one-game sample size there. Isn't that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that. My point here is that if we look at the other factor, <laughs> it's a 124.6 offensive rating. And okay, that's fair. In the 35 minutes he played, they gave up 127.3. Oof. And that's not jazz bad. <laughs> not jazz series bad. Well, they don't run 72 high pick and rolls a game, thankfully. So that's probably a big reason for that. And really so, the only reason. So here's what's crazy, though, about this entire thing, TJ, is I went ahead and I looked up. I went to, I'm, I'm using Clean the Glass a lot these days. Mm -hmm. God bless Clean the Glass. Oh, so good. Um, so I've been tracking the half court numbers because this to me matters because the playoff series is determined by half court. Like this is, you have to, you have to be able to win the half court. The last game, the Lakers had a 92.6 offensive rating in the half court. Tonight, they had 98.8. They scored 98. They scored less than a point per possession in the half court tonight. Yes. And yet, they had a 128.1 offensive rating by cleaning the glass standards for the game. Like, it's just transitions and putbacks. Yep. That's it. That's all it is. But the margin for error is so thin in transition, don't you think? Yes, like I, from watching were, in this, you were, yeah, you were you were making a great note of this on on your clips on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Nikola Jokic goes for a rebound and is a step and a half behind Dwight Howard in transition. Suddenly, you're four on five, and Jeremy Grant has to help, and there's Dwight Howard with Nikola Jokic a step behind him for an easy putback. Mm -hmm. There isn't a margin for error in transition. So for that, like when the Lakers are this dedicated to running, I'm, I, I get it. I can at least understand that you have to live with some of that. It's the putbacks. It's the offensive rebounds. It's Nikola Jokic just not putting a body on somebody. That's the part where they where they lost tonight. So if, you're, if we're still ranking this, third, are you putting transition or where, where are you still on this ranking? So I think number one is the, is the putbacks. Yeah. Um, number two was Jokic had a bad night. I, I want to wrap up agree. the Jokic. I want to wrap up the Jokic conversation with this. I'm not as hard on him on this one as, as you are. I, for me, I'm like, he had a bad game. He got in foul trouble. He was frustrated. He didn't like, 
Dwight battled back and won this matchup. He only had two fouls, which again, that's ridiculous. Um, and so like that one, like Jokic had a bad game. I'm willing for it to like, just like in the uh, LA series when Jamal had bad games in games like two and three, like I was okay with that. Like Jamal gets to have bad games. Jokic gets to have bad games. I didn't think he quit. I thought he was too passive because he didn't know what to do. Um, and so I will say this. No, no. Third, third, <laughs> third, I will say it's just the first quarter. Yeah. So the first quarter, they're outscored by 10. They win the second and third quarters. They lose the fourth quarter by three because of free throws at the end because the Nuggets couldn't get within range. Like basically tack on, had to foul free throws at the end. Got it. Got the differential there. Um, but in the first quarter, the Lakers put up a 160 offensive rating. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, Ooh, that's a jarring number. Yep. And most of that was because in the first quarter, uh, if you go back and you actually dig into this and it was apparent, it's not going to surprise anybody. Like Dwight was four or four for sure. That's that matters. LeBron was three or five, 10 points. Good start. Anthony Davis was six to six and he hit four jumpers. The jumpers. And I've been on this all series. He's a 34% regular season jump shooter. He's shooting 40, 40% in, or he's shooting 44% on jumpers in the playoffs now. And he's, if he's hitting jumpers, there's nothing you can do. They were contested fadeaway looks. All you can really do is tip your cap and go, good job, Anthony Davis. You made the shots that you need to hit. Um, I don't have a, a counter for what the Nuggets should have done there. I don't have a different look that they should have given him. I don't have like an adjustment. You have to live with those shots. He missed, like he started missing when he tried to go into the rim for the rest that he had, he had 14 points in that first quarter. He had 20 the rest of the game. And that included 12 free throws. Yeah. So he scored eight points on field goals the rest of the game after the first quarter. But all that mattered was the lead that they got. If you let the, if you let the Lakers get the lead on you, and you're having to chase, like that was the thing is like they chased them constantly and it looked like they were going to overtake them. And then the sequence of events befell them in the fourth quarter, which is where I would go to with number four, because I can't put it off any longer. And that's the officiating. <laughs> okay. Let's just get into the officiating. Can I say one thing about Anthony Davis jumpers real quick? Just one quick, yeah. quick, 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 quick thing. So when AD hits those jumpers, it's not just the fact that he becomes unguardable. He bends the defense so much the second those shots fall because you're pulling away your weak side defender because he's not your initiator. And all of a sudden the floor is completely spaced and anybody can get into the paint. And that gave them such a rhythm from the immediate get. And that was just death for Denver. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I totally agree that that's a great point. Um, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about the officiating because that one's probably going to get its own segment because, yeah. well, they're playing the Lakers and you and I feel very similarly about all of these things. Before we go to break, though, I do want to tell you about sportsbetting.com. It's now live and taking action in Colorado. Sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports and the authority on sports betting with their own in-house bookmakers. This is huge. Like I work at the action network guys. I'm telling you, you're going to get different numbers and different numbers are good because you're going to find advantages when you're able to shop around with sportsbetting.com. They're known for their sharp odds and low juice. I've had to, to give up some, like tonight I had to search out and find the number I wanted on the Lakers. I found a minus six at minus one Oh five pushed. I'm okay with that. It's fine. I'm not happy about it, but it's fine. New players get a welcome bonus, a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to 
$100, which means you can go all in on Jeff Driscoll and believe that he is going to carry your Denver Broncos to a victory versus Tom Brady. I already have Tampa Bay minus six, but you can do whatever <laughs> you want with Jeff Driscoll. You can get your action on at the home of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com backslash Lockdown Nuggets. We'll be right back with TJ McBride as we continue on Lockdown Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day, even after the Nuggets. Bummer of a loss in game four to the Los Angeles Lakers, 114 to 108. Uh, TJ McBride joining me on the show from Mile High Sports. Make sure to follow him on Twitter because he's awesome. And he posts lots of good clips after the game and goes on and on and on. All right. So, TJ, you and I have, you know my, my thing about this. I've talked to you about this many, many years. The officiating is an act of God. Yes. You cannot control it. There's nothing you can do. Michael Malone postgame was like, I guess I'm going to have to do some of the things that the Lakers did. And I've <laughs> made the joke of the gif of Ron Swanson throwing the computer in the trash as the league's <laughs> response. Like, it's going to be one of those things where, where it's like, did you, hey, just Michael Malone here. Just want to see if you got my memo. Oh, yeah, no, got it, Mike, for sure. Yeah, we're lo- looking real deep into those calls, Mike. Yeah. What? No, I'm not watching a LeBron highlight film in the background. No. <laughs> Don't know what you're saying. Sorry. Bye. Gotta go. Oh. Watch more Lakers highlights. So, like, I'm, here's my thing. And, and I have to say, I said this before on the show, and I'll continue to say it. Uh, there's zero reason that the National Basketball Association would rig games. Zero. The, you have to think about this in a risk calculation measure, okay? Very apt for 2020. So if, you, if they rig the games, eventually someone is going to break. Someone is going to be like, yes, I was told this. Because they will fall on hard times and will be offered money to tell that story. And that's a big enough story to cause it. There would have to be some sort of paper trail because the league operates in paper trail, some sort of correspondence to provide that kind of directive. If it was a phone call, one would get recorded somewhere along the way. And the outcome of that would be a federal investigation for fraud would be Senate hearings, massive lawsuits, the potential loss of hundreds of billions of dollars for very, very, very rich men who love money. And that will not happen. So I will just tell you that I do not believe the NBA is rigged. I simultaneously acknowledge this isn't my first rodeo. I've seen 2002 Kings. I saw the 2009 series between the Rockets and the Lakers. I've seen this over and over and over again. The Lakers get calls. The the part that's funny to me too about people who think the game is rigged is like where is this like don't talk about it fight club of officials who are just like all together scheming and getting all of this cash out of it it cracks me up that this idea exists so expansively across everybody in sports who enjoys basketball not enjoys enjoys is the wrong term at this point but regardless of that what (laughs) go ahead you got something to say well, no, I would just say that, look, I think, I, I think it's a compelling argument to point out that if you looked on the timeline tonight, you saw comments from Chris Webber, and you can go like, well, he was on those Kings teams. Okay. Uh, Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Kawakami from The Athletic in the Bay Area. 
Dave Dufour of The Athletic, no dog in that fight. Like, it, everyone knows, like, the jig is not subtle here, guys. Like, everyone yeah. knows the deal. Like, Lakers fans are like, what about the free throws of games two and three? It didn't no, actually I don't need the what about the from Lakers fans. I can't deal no. with that. No, 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 no. But again, like, I, there's nothing tangible here. Like, what are we reaching for? If we're going to talk about these conclusions that we can make from watching the game and how it's officiated, where do these conclusions lead? Because there is nowhere to go with them. It's nope. not a fix. It doesn't exist like that. You and I can both agree on that. There is no way. And... Even when it comes down to teams talking to the league office about it, every team does this from game one to game 100 and whatever we're at now in the playoff. This is a very regular occurrence in NBA life. So that's not even like a narrative thing. Like it happens every day. For sure. And, you know, for some teams it works. And it just so happens. (laughs) It's always the Lakers. That when the Lakers put in a call, wrote a strongly worded letter that LeBron got 14 free throws in game three, game four. It's just a coincidence. It's just how it goes. There's nothing to it. I mean, like, here's the so thing. So why does this like, happen? Like, that, I, that, that's like, what I don't What are we know. reaching like, for? Like, we like, don't have anything. This is what I don't know. There isn't a, like, if we, if we accept that the game is more, that there is an ephemeral nature to the game. Like, we're getting deep into existentialism basketball yes. here. Go with me. I'm already here. TJ. If we accept that there's an ephemeral nature to the game of basketball, we're like, we believe in momentum, even though the, na- the numbers say it doesn't exist. And we believe in the heart and the will of a team, even though they're just getting paid to play a basketball game. And we believe in the flow and how, the vibe and the energy. Mm-hmm. And we believe in those things, despite there being no tangible, concrete evidence for these things. Then we also have to accept that there are certain things within the context of this environment we cannot explain. And the Lakers... It does definitely fit a narrative. It definitely does. And this is the thing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Spoke to a very, very, very smart man that knows betting. His name is Lockie Lockerson. And, and that's a stupid name. He's really <laughs> smart. Ken Barkley. Ken's really smart. And Ken told me once that the only sport he bets the narrative in is the NBA. Weird. And the narrative in the NBA is that the Los Angeles Lakers are the kind of team that gets sent to the free throw line 28 times and the Denver Nuggets are a team that gets sent to the free throw 12 times, and that that is how this goes. That might be the most convincing argument for me that there might potentially be something to it because people do not put their money on the line unless there is a very, very, very real trend that exists. Yeah, and he's I'm not, not a say- fan either. He's not. That's the thing. He has, no, he has no allegiances. He's just looking for the edge, and he's like, this is just what happens. And that since I had that conversation with me, it's like shaped me. And, the, and I said that going into the series. Like, I thought that the, the Nuggets could beat the Clippers because I like the matchup mm-hmm. and because the Clippers aren't the kind of team that is impervious to matchup things. They're not impervious to how the other team plays. If you outplay them, you will win. The Lakers have certain safeguards. The narrative <laughs> provides certain safeguards. The and handicap like, is into, large, like, for sure. If you want to get into like the details of it, the fifth foul on Paul Millsap is absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. and Michael Malone should have challenged it. Yes. Like, that was a miss. He should have challenged it. I don't know why he didn't. He was saving it for later. I knew he wasn't going to use it correctly. He wound up burning it on something that was never going to get overturned. Yep. The end. Like That was a mistake by Malone. We can go ahead and chalk that one up. 100% agree. Um, the very obvious foul on Murray was absolutely a foul by LeBron. Yep. 100%. 100% agree. And one with Murray. I have no idea why that wasn't continuation. That was very clearly continuation. 100% agree. LeBron did, I think, late in the game, 
play good defense on Murray. And I do think that Murray got tunnel vision and was trying like, because Joker wasn't there, he start like he got into hero ball a little bit. He got him a couple of times and thought he could keep doing it. And I was saying out loud, don't get greedy. Like you got LeBron a few times. If you keep going to the well, he's going to win more often than he loses. LeBron's an AI. He learns in real time. You don't get to do the same thing to LeBron repeatedly. You are always going to eventually lose that battle. Jamal Murray also didn't have a choice but to have tunnel vision. Like nobody was making shots at that point. Monte Morris was the only other dude who was able to do anything offensively for them at that point. But when it comes to the officiating, to remove the bias part of this conversation, which I believe we have talked about quite at length here, the part that has been so infuriating for me is the randomness. It's physical for one quarter it's ticky tack the next quarter there is no consistency in baseball it's like a strike zone moving you can call a fastball high if you call a strike every single time you call it there but if you're constantly moving that strike zone no one knows what to reach for nobody knows where they can actually exist within these confines of the rules and that's been the most difficult part for me and i think it's impacted both teams i will say this for lakers is that they have had to deal with a little bit of that like the nuggets have where they don't know what each quarter is going to look like like in terms of the officiating right. they have right. to go into it and figure it out like everybody else does and that's as much of a problem in my opinion as the biases right now for the nba not for the nuggets this is a nuggets podcast but for the nba as a whole that is just as important as the inherent bias that clearly exists within the officiating as well oh, i'm sure it'll be better when in the next game i'm sure it's like gonna be <laughs> scott foster and yeah, there will be six technicals and one person ejected for an, a second technical for an air fist. Like, I'm not ready for this, man. I, I can't handle it. It's going to be fine. We will talk more about what needs to happen in game five for the Nuggets to stay alive now that they're in the very, very comfy position of 3-1 <laughs> after the break. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Got myself some new Built Bar product. It's pretty tasty. We're going to tell you about it next week. There are six new flavors of Built Bar. Cherry Barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. TJ, next year when we are back able to be around other human beings again, I'm going to bring a Built Bar for you so you can enjoy it with your coffee at halftime. They got 12 original flavors like peanut butter, double chocolate, toffee almond. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for somebody who's health conscious. I worked out today, got a great workout in. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, it's awesome to have a Built Bar afterwards. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, and high-end protein. The peanut butter bar has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Final segment here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day after the, the Nuggets fall. 114-108 for the Los Angeles Lakers in game four. I don't mean to be trite as everyone's already made this joke, but got them right where they want them. So, all right, TJ. Uh, I don't expect him to come back in this series, but I will go ahead and shoot my shot because I've been shooting my shot all postseason with this Nuggets team after the first round, which I, where I thought they were dead. But since then, I've shot my shot. And I, <laughs> it's worked out really well. Uh, I, they're going to win game five. They're going to win game five, and then 
they're going to be able to put pressure on the Lakers to actually have to win this thing in game six. Let's up the hot take factor. Let's up it a little bit, all right? right. They're going to get the LeBron game in game five, and they're going to win anyway. And that's what's going to set the tone for, whoa, can Denver really do this? I don't think they're going to be able to do it either. But this Nuggets team just continually finds ways in the most adverse situations. I'm done counting them out when things get tough. I don't know what else to do, but just bet on them at this point. Like, there's nothing else you can really say about this team other than the fact that they are just better in these moments. Like, and this is the other thing I was thinking about. I wonder how much of them just not caring about bad teams in the regular season has kind of also played into this mentality of, oh, it's time to get going. Like, they have that ability to kind of rile themselves up. And if they have that, I think they can really make a run at this. And I think we've seen one thing, which is, LeBron James, the passer, is much more terrifying than LeBron James, the scorer, when it comes to this Nuggets team defending them, which can be said for most teams, but particularly this Nuggets team. And if I still think that because of that, if LeBron James has his LeBron James game, I do think Denver can hang there, and I think they'll win. He had eight assists tonight. That's too many. They got to be able to mm-hmm. get that down. Just they need to do what the Lakers have done down. to Nicola, like the four he had tonight. Um, and again, like we get into this, like this whole thing again of they are going to need to win the three point battle. And like, that's just like a big part of this mm-hmm. is if tonight they had um, the same number of total turnovers um, team included. So they had the same number of those, uh, the nugget or the Lakers had 14 points off turnovers to 11. So like that wasn't like a huge issue. It was uh, nine to eleven in terms of the totals, but once you add in team turnovers, it's eleven eleven. So they went okay on that. Um, threes, the the Lakers made ten, the Nuggets made ten. You got to outscore them there because again, they're going to have all these free throws and you're not. So like you yeah. are going to have to outpace them. It's time. It's time. I've held off. TJ, I think Michael Porter Jr. needs to start for uh, Gary Whoa. Harris. In game five. Whoa, I, I, I don't disagree, but you do not have your Michael Malone hat on right now. That is not happening. There is no way. So part of it is like, I know it's not happening. I, I only say this when I think that it's, it's dire enough to actually say it. Like if the situation is that urgent, that's the only point where I'm like, you cannot, I'm at the point where I'm just like, you cannot win unless you get more size on the floor. If they're going to start Dwight, you got to give Jokic some help by adding another crazy ass rebounder in there. Like you just got to help him out. You're just going to okay. have to help him out with some length and athleticism. And like, I think Gary coming off the bench, especially if you play him when Paul goes out and then comes back in the stretch that you'll get into with, you get a stretch for, with. So, so here's part of it. The Lakers, what they do is what they've, what they've done in the, in the series and for the postseason. LeBron and AD obviously start together. And then LeBron plays a little bit without AD and then AD plays a little bit without LeBron. And then they both, they both finish out the half. And so what they need to get into is they need to be able to attack the times when LeBron is not on the floor. They've lost a lot of those sequences because Davis is carrying them. They, that's when you need to play defense that that Lakers offense without LeBron is garbage. And that's when you need to absolutely win, which means that you need to have Gary and Paul Millsap on the floor for defensive purposes. If you have Gary Millsap and these scant minutes that Mason Plumlee plays, we'll get into Mason in a minute. (laughs) Alone. Yes. Um, If you have those three and then either Monte or Jamal 
preferably both, you can win. Like, I would not mind seeing a lineup, a bench lineup versus that, that Davis at the five uh, low LeBron lineup. Like, I, that's one where I would like to see them go um, Jamal, Monte, Gary, Millsap, or like uh, MPJ Millsap or Grant Millsap, one of those combinations. Yeah. Like, I would not mind going super small versus – like, I think it's okay to play super small versus Davis. I, people I, are going to think that's crazy. I do. There's one thing that I am not very okay. This is going to sound weird because I actually hate Kyle Kuzma as a player. But when you put a small on him, he does have the yeah. mismatch factor, and that's one thing I'm really because Gary, like I, Gary's a really good defender. He's six four. Kyle Kuzma's six nine, six ten. Like, and he is. A, I'm sorry, Kuzma does have a good post game. Like, if you if you have to send two at Kuzma off the bench, I'm not happy with the current situation. So I, I I get what you're saying. I don't know what Gary brings you off the bench. I really don't know what he brings you so i don't know what he's really bringing off the with the starting it right now but you kind of lower his effectiveness and at a ceiling level off of the bench in my opinion i don't know what you can get from him there except for creating another mismatch for yourself denver has done a good job in the michael porter jr versus kyle kuzma matchup like that's been a plus for them and you know in a very chaotic way but they have the advantage there right now i don't know if toying with that is necessarily the way so let's take this as a second talk about paul Millsap because he's the next obvious one to start instead of somebody else but that should not happen right can we wax poetic about paul Millsap being important to this team he can it's not gonna convince everybody everybody because everybody thinks he sucks they're wrong like most of the people look look most of the people that listen to this podcast read denver stiffs you can't be doing this (laughs) i don't care come find me on my twitter i'm always here for all this smoke paul Millsap is required on this starting lineup to be able to defend the lebron james anthony davis pick and roll absolutely unequivocally required is this something that we can agree on yes you have to be able to switch it, or you have to be able to have guys who can hedge to recover. That's the only way you can do it, and they have two guys in Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap who can do it. People who want to throw Paul Millsap on the side of the road and get rid of him are wrong, and it absolutely drives me crazy because without his defense, Denver's not anywhere near this series right now. I want to note that I love Denver Stiffs, and I read their stuff, and Ryan Blackburn's uh, post-game Good friend. I comments are great. Love their content. All those people are great people. I love the writers are really good. You should read Denver stiffs. I just noticed that a lot of them, because they're all young, they're all like Paul Millsap sucks and is old. Please play my Ford junior <laughs> 90 minutes game. And so it's just, I'm the old dude now. And I've become that guy. Um, and it's weird. Cause I'm having to fight off certain columnists that, that are old, that think that Paul Millsap is useless because they don't watch the NBA. And then like younger people that think Paul Millsap is useless because they've been alive for 14 seconds. And I'm just like, no, no, there's like a medium place here. I've been around. No. All right. Here's something notable from tonight. The starting unit, unit one. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong on this. They were a plus 5.8 net rating with Millsap, Harris, Grant, Jokic, Murray. Mm-hmm. The starting unit won, won the night. Even with as bad as Jokic played, they were a plus 5.8. Um, with Monte in for Gary, same starters, but Monte in for Gary, they were minus 18.8 in... Uh, this is in the postseason. In 70 minutes, they, that's how they've been. Let me check out what, how it's been in in, uh, in this series because I think that this is very big. It's like I need to know whether or not the starting unit is working. Okay, it, it's um, been working in pieces though. Like I think is, that's what man, we can and, both agree. And here with. it is. It's, yeah, they're still they're plus 10.5. They're like, like that's so clear. It's just so clear to me that Paul Millsap is helpful for this team and that there's just it's not able to be argued right now. Yeah, and I mean, look, I can't sit here and tell you that the offensive rebounding is not a problem. Paul can't jump. 
Like, even when Paul boxes out Davis, Davis is getting boxed out and then reaching mm -hmm. over him and tapping the ball sideways. Yes. Like, there's nothing that, that Paul can do about that. He can't make himself taller or jump more, and there's nobody else, like, nobody else has the strength to keep Davis off, and Paul doesn't have the height to be able to contest if he just, like, bats it out. So I don't know what the counter is there. Maybe they need to leave it alone. Let's talk about Malone's comment after the game. Okay. Uh, so after the game, Malone says, if, you can't, if you're not going to play any defense, maybe you're just not going to play. Something along yeah. those lines. Um, everyone has an interesting theory on, on who this is referring to. <laughs> Isn't it kind of very, very uh, telling that there's like seven people that everyone's looking at as the potential opportunity as the person that Malone was talking about? In, in, a series in, which, in a series in which since game one, the Nuggets and Lakers are tied in points. Um, that was an so amazing stat, by the way. Like, like very few people are, are, are playing badly in this series. Like, this yeah. is the thing is everyone's like, I get that, that he didn't play the Davis game winner. Well, he played it badly. I don't think Mason's been horrible in the postseason. Like I, I think Mason either. has given them pretty okay minutes. Um, I think, I think that I think that actually I don't <laughs> think, I don't think Tory Craig played very well tonight. And I know it's a safety blanket, but I think you can't, I don't know how you're going to watch the game and see the runs and pay attention to any of the ro of like, cause he will, he will look at the rotation data and he will go like, where do we lose? And like a lot of it was when Tory was in and I'm not an anti Tory guy, like some people that may or may not co-host this podcast. So like <laughs> I'm not an anti Tory guy, but Tory had a 146 defensive rating tonight. And that's not just me going like Tory was on the court when the defense was bad. I just don't think Tory's been good in the series. I think that Tory played really well on LeBron in stretches, but Jeremy's done the better job of it overall. I what I'm worried about is he may be just like Michael Porter Jr. got blown by on three LeBron ISOs. You can't contain, and if you're not going to do that, you're not going to play. I don't know how he does that, considering that they need the scoring and literally, yes. literally, they win the minutes in which he's on the floor. Like I don't know what they're going to do. Let's talk about the fourth or the the third thing you had on your worry list that first quarter. So Paul Millsap gets his second foul at like the nine and a half minute mark, eight and a half minute mark. Malone goes to Craig, not Michael Porter, and immediately the floodgates open, and he yeah. cannot defend, and you're not scoring, and that's immediately that that's what everyone's looking at in terms of the Tory Craig issue right now is that if you're not shutting guys down with him on the court, you're giving up too much offensively, and this is the other thing about Tory Craig. You also have said this multiple times tory craig is much better at guarding very very athletic guards not big forwards he, he he's not as good in this matchup it just is what it is so tory craig he's not the one malone's talking about in my opinion i think he should be but i don't think he's the one he's talking about but that's a concern tory craig is not adding anything right now and he is way more of a specialist than i think any of us really originally thought i was about as high on tory craig as anybody to start the season like i really thought he could make a run at like potentially starting and making things more interesting offensively and adding more to his game it just hasn't materialized and at this point it needs to be looked at in the factual sense tory craig is not giving them enough on either end right now to justify the minutes that he's playing and it has to be looked at as tory craig is a potential person for these comments so Tory was a minus seven in his six minutes in that first quarter stretch that you commented on. They got outscored by more than a point a minute. Um, he also did not have a stretch in which he was in the positive tonight. Yeah. There wasn't a, a sequence in which he played where they outscored the opponent. Now the other candidate 
Mason Plumley. Fun list is Mason Plumley, who only look my my thing. The reason I doubt that it's Mason is there's a couple of reasons because everybody's like he's just talking about Mason Plumley. I I don't think it's Mason, and here's why. One, Mason played 13 minutes when Jokic had five fouls. Like he's already not playing. Like he has been, he's almost out of the rotation entirely. You cannot, you cannot play Jokic 48. You're, he's probably going to play 42 next game. Yeah. Right. But you can play him. You can literally only play Mason when Jokic sits and that's fine. But that means he might only play four minutes next game. If you go to small ball. Yeah. You can probably get away with six minutes of small ball across two halves. That's probably possible. Yeah, sure. But um, assuming Jokic doesn't get in foul trouble, but like this is the like Mason's only playing there. I don't know how much less he can play, and I also just like I can't I can't sit here and target um, what it is that Mason does all that badly. Like I think he's played pretty good defense on LeBron when he's been isoed on him. I think he's played pretty good defense on ID when he's been isoed on him. Like I haven't looked at at, at Plumley and been like, oh man, what a disaster. It it just hasn't materialized that way for me. Like he's not a positive, but I can't look at it and be like, he's the issue versus like, if you look at this, if you look at the box score, which the game is entirely different and box score doesn't tell you everything, but like Tory Craig was minus 17 in 19 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like think about this. They were plus 11 in the, in the minutes that he wasn't on the court. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that. Would you reverse that? That is way worse. Yeah. So he played 19 minutes and 30 seconds in the, what, 24 minutes that he was not on the floor. They're plus 11. They, they win all of those other minutes. So um, I, I just, maybe, you know, maybe it was something out of left field. Maybe he was talking about Jokic. Maybe he's like, if you're not going to defend, you're not going to play, which is like, that, that would be insane. That's an empty That's threat. not going to happen. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. So I don't know who, and maybe it was Gary. I don't know. Um, but I do no, think that Gary. most likely, yeah, I don't think it was. I think the most likely candidates are, Tory Craig and Michael Porter Jr. And I'll just say this. <laughs> I'll just say this. If that was him being mad, then the conversation with <laughs> certain people that work in the front office will go like, it, it, they won't be mad. They'll just be like, uh huh. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. I know. It's tough. Rookies, rookies, man. What do you do? Yeah, you, he's got to play. Yeah, he's. He's gonna have to play, Michael. He's just—he's good, Mo. He's, he's got to play. He's—he's got to play. Um, yeah. Good. Two things here: Michael Porter Jr. played almost the entire fourth quarter. Mason Plumley got pulled to have Paul Millsap play the five for the first time since like February. Yeah. That's the reason that I am pointing at Mason Plumley, not Michael Porter Jr. So, do you think that he just doesn't play at all in game? You, you think they just play small ball with? Paul yeah, I think they do. I think they try and match the athleticism of the Lakers, run a little bit back at them, and just don't play Mason Plumley. Which I think I is a mistake. By the way, I, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I think it's a mistake. Too. Here's why: Monte and Mason are really good yep. in pick and roll. And you need a screening to open up more, more yep. spots for Michael Porter Jr. on the weak side and Monte Morris to get open in the, on the mid-range. You need and, that. I agree. And, and to contest the offensive rebounds. If, they're gonna, like, if they remove Mason entirely, then Vogel is going to be like, mm, no, we can get away with JaVale for a few minutes. And they'll just, often, they'll just tap in offensive rebounds. Like, you're, you're just, unless you're going to play MPJ a lot of minutes, like, this is the thing. So what does a Game 5 win look like? Because I think they're going to win. Ooh. But – Trying to figure out what it looks like is tough given the adjustment that they made with Dwight Smith. Jokic is going to come out firing. 
I don't see another game like this from Nicola. I, I Matt, love that you. I love that you think you can predict him. I love Matt, that, I you that you think I, think I can, can predict him. I have. I have a what a thirty-four game playoff sample size where two games, yeah, two fair. games. He has not been that guy. So I believe he went three. Okay, three, whatever. You want to add one or two, you're changing like a three percentage point difference over here on, on the overall run. So Nikola Jokic is not going to be this Nikola Jokic. I do not believe that. I cannot believe that. And I do think Jamal Murray is this good. So if you can get Nikola Jokic playing at the level we know he can play at and actually not allowing Dwight Howard to get into his head and actually boxing out, those small things are going to go so far so the difference is a very engaged Nikola Jokic which also will bleed into the rest of the roster that is literally all I think is really going to need to shift for Denver to be able to do it of course you don't turn the ball over as much get back on defense quicker yada 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 whatever everyone knows those things the Nuggets know those things they've known those things since game one that the difference is they need Nikola and I think he will be there for game for game five I think that they have a nine-man rotation. That's Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, uh, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., and P.J. Dozier. Ooh, small ball. With a scant sprinkling of Mason Plumley in the, I would say, six minutes that, that Joker doesn't play. He will play all but, he'll probably play 18 to 20 minutes in the first half. Um, I don't expect him to foul out next game because I just don't, I have a hard time seeing that the NBA is going to foul out Jokic in, again, not, not <laughs> but predetermined. But it's not rigged. But it's not rigged. Not predetermined. <laughs> it just happens to go this way. I don't think that he gets in foul trouble back-to-back games. It's, uh, Elimination is, game the, whistles are different. Elimination yeah. game whistles are fundamentally different. Yeah, some of these things are different too. Um, and, and some of the, like, the fouls, like they just get distributed random. Like, you know, and Jokic will probably be like smarter with his hands. He gets sloppy, and that's that's part of it too. Um, I think Joker plays better. I do think I do think he just plays better. I think he probably shoots more from mid range, makes some threes, big shots, etc. I think um, I think Jeremy Grant probably he continues to play well. I think Gary Harris probably gives him something. And I think I I will keep saying we're gonna get a Michael Porter Jr. game until we get too. it. I would I just keep it. saying we're going to get one <laughs> until it happens. Like, and here's what's crazy. He shot, he was five of eight from the field with eight boards and 13 points. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really a Michael Porter Jr. game. Like, I'm talking 25. Like, I, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it. I'm going to call it again. Game five is the Michael Porter Jr. game. I thought tonight was going to be the thermonuclear LeBron game. And it I did too. Yeah. And everyone keeps waiting for the thermonuclear LeBron game. And I just don't know when it's coming. Maybe you're right and it's game five. Um, if there's if a it time is, for I, it. If it is, I don't think you, they win. Like, I, I don't think the Nuggets can, can beat a thermonuclear LeBron game. He's too good. They've taken thermonuclear games and have been, have been able to win in the past, but we'll see. Because, again, LeBron is obviously just like an entirely different monster that you just cannot I wanna, handle. I want to leave the listeners with, with this. If they win game five, then not only is the season an un, like I think it's an unparalleled success anyway. You beat yes. the Clippers. You beat the title favorites. You showed versus the Lakers. You were a... Anthony Davis three-pointer away from a 2-2 tie right now. Yeah. Um, they were in this series. Nobody can say that they weren't. They were absolutely tough in this series. Um, but if you get to a game six, not only have you accomplished so much in the season, you've just put so much pressure on this Lakers team. And I want yep. to see this. I just, I, it's not that I don't think they can do it. I want to see, I just want Denver to be like, 
you're going to have to step up. Like, it's not going to be easy. You're not going to have comfort. You're going to have all this pressure. Let's see it. Like, I want to see that from this Lakers team. I want to see this Lakers team facing a hungry, desperate, 100% Nuggets team um, that we know will be there. I, there's no way, like, you can't expect a letdown from them at this point. You have to expect that they're going to compete. They yep. know they can beat this team. They believe they can beat this team. We'll see if they can, and that's what's going to happen. All right, TJ McBride. TJ, what's your handle? I can't get that. At TJ McBride NBA. Literally the most bland thing I could have possibly imagined. At TJ McBride NBA on Twitter. Make sure to follow him and read his stuff at Mile High Sports. TJ, thanks so much for coming on. We will be back. We will be back after game five, win or lose, no matter what happens. We'll be back to break it all down. Adam and I will will break down either. Uh, an incredible season, an incredible postseason, an insane run, a, a wonderful journey, or talk about game six and what might be coming down the pipe for the Denver Nuggets. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us out so much. Thanks to Built Bar and SportsBang.com for their sponsorship. You can follow the show on Twitter at Nuggets. Until next time, thanks for joining me on Locked on Nuggets.